Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to another afternoon edition of The Chaser Report. This afternoon, it's Tony Martin. Lachlan Hodson and I, Dom Knight, are going to sit down with him. A little over half an hour, we're going to talk about his incredible podcast, Sizzletown. If you haven't heard it, it is the world's only late-night call-in podcast. And if that sounds like an absurd contradiction in terms, well, it's because it is. It's an incredibly labour-intensive, multi-track masterpiece. Tony does all the voices. And the remarkable Matt Dower somehow pulls it all together. We'll find out how that process works. And look back on some of the good and bad old days in commercial radio. That's in a moment on The Chaser Report. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Chaser Report. Now with extra whispers. Tony Martin, thank you for joining us. No worries. What's happening? Well, look, you were a previous winner of the uh, the best comedy at the Australian Podcasting Awards. Yes. We're up uh, this year. We just want to know, can the judges be bought, I guess, is our first question. I don't know. We never tried that. Oh. I, when we, uh, the first time we won, it was a very small scale affair, just in like a tent in Collingwood, and everyone was incredibly drunk. I remember that. And then the next year we won... It was up in Sydney in like a proper theatre and suddenly it was all, wasn't as much fun, I have to admit. Oh, <laughs> whoa. So you won it on merit. That's not going to work for us, Tony. Yeah, yeah. We need, to, we need to know the insights. Who are the judges? Who are the panel? I'm not sure if they reveal who the judges are in advance. Oh. Who are they? Are they other podcasters? Is it someone from Mamma Mia or someone like that? <laughs> Actually, um, uh, the university I go to advertised for positions to be on the panel and I completely missed it. So I could have been on the inside. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, anyway. So just anyone can, can sign on, can they? <laughs> Quite possibly. And what do you get? Is there sort of an exclusive winner's lounge? Do you get, you know, SNL-type special bathrobes? Are you seriously asking, is there a problem? Well, you get an award, and I've got. I'm looking at them now, and then what I've noticed is the first, the 2018 one that we got for Childproof is made out of like glass or onyx or something very heavy. You could actually murder someone with it. Amazing. And then the following year's one is it still looks beautiful, but it's sort of made out of a cheaper kind of perspex. Ah. Oh. So I'm wondering what they're down to now because we like didn't... making a logie out of pewter. <laughs> Well, when we won our logies, they were accepted by Mr. Copperart, Pete Smith. And uh, I do remember he, unlikely as it sounds, went out to a disco afterwards and I think broke them and lost them. <laughs> I must. I, I remember that moment, though, as, as a Late Show fan watching. Dude looks like a logie. I mean, that's... <laughs> You can't. No, they were absolutely furious. I remember we got a call saying we will, you will never be nominated for anything ever again. <laughs> and then I think they, the frontline people, actually did win the next year. And for disrespecting the Logies, is that even yeah. possible? Well, we didn't think we were going to win because I think we're up against Hey Hey at Saturday and Fast Forward. Oh. And I always remember Hey Hey at Saturday's clip. You know how you like choose a clip of. 
you know, your best bits for mm, the Logies. Mm. Hey, hey, Saturday, couldn't find a bit, and they just showed a sped up bit of a whole lot of their show. <laughs> it was like, nah, 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 And there was a very confused look from uh, the bloke who was Frank Spencer in Some Mothers Do Have Them, oh, who wow. was presenting the award. Presumably three blackface clips in the course of the. <laughs> Oh, you can get a lot more in in fast motion. What we're planning at the moment is how do we win this award? You were up for it in, was it 2019 or 2018? We were, uh, we won in 2018, we won for Childproof, the one we did before, and then 2019 it was for Sizzletown. Yeah, back yeah. to back different podcasts. Take yeah. that, awards. <laughs> exactly. And then the next year, like last year rather, we, uh, I think we came second, so we didn't even bother to enter this year because we we saw where the, <laughs> we saw the <laughs> direction we were heading in. Well, and, and presumably that's how there was a spot open for us to get nominated. Yeah, no, thank so you, thank you for, for not entering. For sitting so out. who are you? Who are your competitors this year? So we're up against none other than Dan Illich, who is a friend of our podcast, and we're we're hoping to have him on in the future to actually ask if he'll just sort of relinquish it and give it to us anyway. He's coming on later in the week. We're going to petition him to hand it over. Yeah. Um, two, two gentlemen well, by the, the name. He was the one who beat us last year. Oh. I know. So is there anything you want us to – is there a revenge plot here? How can we get back at him for, for stealing your title? <laughs> I, okay, here's what you could do. I remember the first award I ever won was at the Queensland Radio Awards in 1985. Wow. <laughs> at the Gold Coast uh, Jupiter's Casino. And I remember the entertainment was Wickety Whack, who I think may have actually done a blackface bit in their show. But anyway, Amazing. that's irrelevant. And the, we were winning quite a few awards for our stupid radio ads. And the bloke who normally won them got up and claimed that all of our material was plagiarised. Oh, even the blackface. <laughs> oh, I wasn't doing the blackface. Yeah, he needs to clarify no. that, Lockie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, well, and it's quite hard <laughs> to do on radio. But yeah, so... I don't know, you could always just, you know, give that a crack. Just, like, say something outrageous about Dan, that he's stolen it all from, you know, the onion or something. Yeah, I'll say that he's in the pocket of Big Coal, I think, um, as a climate <laughs> activist. That might, that might do the job. And, look, there's other people, and there are some podcasts, I've got to admit, I'm not actually across. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, so there's Bodgy Creek Community Podcast, which sounds fun. The Candyman. Uh, housewarming and, and two gentlemen by the name of Hamish and Andy who mm. oh, yeah. think had, you know, a chance of winning it. Did I read, now, this might be not true, but did I read they get paid a million dollars a year to do that podcast? Oh, uh, I don't know. Would that I mean, be possible? We, yeah, we did podcasting at uh, SCA, the company that um, that publishes that, and I... Uh, we certainly didn't get a tiny fraction of it, but maybe they were using all the budget for Hamish and Andy. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's insultingly low, isn't it? How, how many million are we on at the moment, Dom? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, it's probably a retainer, isn't it? So they don't go and do drive with Nova, isn't it? The- <laughs> right, because I had what I heard was that they got a million dollars a year and they had thirty million downloads a year. Oh. And then a friend of mine, uh, I won't say who, but has a podcast on SCA, and uh, they worked out that they were getting. 3 million downloads a year, mm. but they were only getting $4,000 a year. <laughs> so they went to the person in charge and said, shouldn't I be getting, by that math, shouldn't mm. I be getting $100,000 a year? And they were told, no, nah, mate, that's not how it works. Oh. <laughs> uh, you and I have talked before about the joy of working with large commercial uh, radio organisations, but to, to get on to Sizzletown, Tony, I've yeah. done... Quite a lot of talk back in my time. And i got to say, whenever I listen to Sizzletown, 
I just have flashbacks. <laughs> I got to. You must devour that medium to get all of those. Uh, to, to accurately reproduce all of those uh, weirdos and nutters who call your late-night uh, call-in podcast. Well, I do just invent most of it, but then when I'm short of ideas, I'll tune into down in Melbourne, 3AW, yeah. and you almost don't have to wait more than five minutes to hear something. <laughs> Like recently, I was listening, and they were they were doing it. It was a weekend show, and the topic was call us up with something that used to be cheaper in the old days. <laughs> and that was Pick the topic. Anything. Pick literally anything, anything at all that was that was cheaper in the past. Yeah. And someone calls in and goes, "Yeah, uh, can I just say you used to be able to get um, two potato cakes for for twenty cents." I remember. Do you remember that when you could? And then, it, and then someone else was off mic, um, correcting them, and they went, "Oh, sorry, hang on, three potato cakes." <laughs> <laughs> and you're just going now. You you cannot write that sort of stuff. No, mm, mm. And, and and yet you do because for any of our listeners who who haven't heard Sizzletown, it's a phenomenal. Just a brilliant podcast, and it is deserving of the awards that it gets. It's very funny stuff. Well, we invent – my favourite thing is to invent a conspiracy theory and have it catch on. <laughs> so I had a character way back in 2018 claim – and I just thought of this just as – I read an article about nanobots, <sighs> and I went – so I had this character call in and say the government are putting nanobots in vaccines to – control the population there was recently a rally in melbourne for that exact theory and i also had that same character call in about three months ago and claim that dan andrews had been replaced by a robot that's why we hadn't (laughs) seen him for so long there was a guy seriously floating that theory on twitter recently so now i'm just like more and more extreme theories and hoping they're going to catch on. I had a character call in and go, why is there only a 29th of February every four years? <laughs> because the, the government is obviously hoarding 29th of Februarys. They're, they're, they've got a stockpile of rogue Thursdays that they can deploy at any moment. We're going to wake up one morning, it's going to be a 29th of February, and we're not going to know why and what's going to happen. And like that sounds insane, but I swear to you, There'll be a protest about that at some point. You've, you're the puppet master, clearly. Let's hey, let's listen to a little bit of uh, Sizzletown's 50th oh, episode okay. because there's a there's a conspiracy theory moment in here where the nanobots gets referenced back. Let's have a yes. Listen. Another caller waiting. Go ahead. You're on Sizzletown. Hey, g'day, it's Rich oh. Tankwater calling from Eaglebot. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, we can. Oh, good, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, listen, nanobots. Oh, here we That's go. That's what we've got to be worried about. Yeah. Little bloody robots scuttling around with the lefty agenda inside you. Can I... Uh, Hang on. What? Is that a nanobot? Oh, no, it's 100,000, sorry. No. All out of a sandwich. All right. Okay. See you. Okay, he's gone. Uh, Listening to that, Tony, I cannot for the life of me imagine how you and Matt Dow put it together because Mm. um, the the thing that I get as someone who occasionally presents talkback is in your voice I can hear simultaneously the just bemusement at having to endure this conversation but then also going, well, I've got to take calls. There's probably no one else on the line. I've just got to let this guy run. Mm. Well, yeah, it's very complicated because, of course, I'm playing everyone in the show. Mm. Mm. So it's a very tortuous thing to assemble. I have Because the callers are all improvised, so I just sit there for hours waffling on into this Zoom recorder. And, you know, you might record for half an hour and then you'll play it back and it'll be like, 
three and a half minutes that are any good. <laughs> and then you've got to, and all of the bits that are usable are all on different files. So it's hours of sitting there just doing like what's called a paper edit of all the good bits. And then I have to write a script for me as the host mm. that links all of those bits. And that script has to be very accurate, but it also has to sound very spontaneous. So the script will literally, this is what that script will sound like. Yes, right, yeah, but no, no, you go. No, that, and it's literally hours of that. <laughs> and then Matt Dower has to join it all up. Oh, my God, because they interrupt you. That was the thing that I was mm. trying to make sense of, is that you're constantly just... As as talkback desperate late night talkback hosts uh, such as myself occasionally do, you are going no no uh, okay yeah um and you that's you, right because you just you don't want it to sound just like use one you know question answer question answer you've got to have the acting be really messy so when yes. I'm playing the callers I have to imagine that I'm being interrupted by the host and having to repeat things and then we've started doing a thing this year where I have two callers on at once. Yeah, that was really yeah, that was intense. That does the- my head in. And then for the final episode of the year, we've got five of them. Oh my the god! I was going to ask. And cause... it goes for about twenty. It's the section of the show goes for about twenty minutes with five of them on at once. So they all sing a song at the end. And that took us oh. two weeks to assemble. Wow. <laughs> it's just mental. I, I was going to ask you. You recently hit uh, fifty episodes, and fifty-one came out a couple of weeks ago. You've got the big finale, episode fifty-two, coming out. Is there any sort of insider knowledge? But uh, a song finale and five extra callers. You did every single caller from the the show come on for the finale for the season two episode. Can we look forward to anything like that happening as well? Well, I want it because at the end of the second year, we had every caller we'd had call in. So Mm. I think it was like 52 callers or something. And Mm. then we went, well, we can't top that. So, yeah, we're just going with this idea of having them on at once because even there we had them come on one at a time. So it's tricky because you're improvising the callers, but then you've got to think of a way of... So, so Matt will send me a list of notes. He'll go, I need the caller. The third caller needs to say, yeah, hang on a second. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just have to record that one line and, and email it to him and he'll cut it in. It's, oh it's like gosh. building a sort of ship in a bottle, really. But most people don't realise that it's me anyway, so I just have people going, why is it only half an hour? Why does it only come out once a month? <laughs> No, it's um, it is an extraordinary feat. I mean, the the one with um, you and Jason Statham and the cat at the same time was extremely fun. I got to say, Tony Lachlan here has uh, has listened to them all. Mm. He's, he's a bible. Oh, on actually, I won't lie. I'm wearing uh, some Sizzletown merch at the moment. Oh dear. Sorry, you'd be sorry. able to hear all the things I've repeated <laughs> without realizing. One of the the big things that that you do or, or or did in a previous season was those unplugged episodes. So a lot less production, uh, and it was just you under the covers talking into the mic, um, a, a lot more personal and, and yarny. Uh, I was wondering if should we perhaps consider dialing back? We're doing daily episodes; it's way too hard to produce. Is there any way that we <laughs> could dial back on our production? Well, it's funny because that was, I think that was because Matt had to go and get a proper job because he has children. So we were only able to do 18 episodes that year. And we, mm. But I had promised we would do 22. So I felt really bad. So I went, how can I do four episodes with no production? And I found these diaries that I'd kept. I, I have kept a list of every single movie I've seen since 1980. And nerdishly given it a one out of five star rating. <laughs> so I just, for each of those four episodes, I just started with 1980 and just went, I didn't look at those lists before I turned the mic on. 
and I just went through that list and tried to remember what I was doing when those and I thought this is way too boring. This will sure <laughs> this will be of no interest to anyone. And those episodes have almost become more popular than the normal episodes. Mm. But, yeah, so, I've, I heard some of those, and they're they're enormously fun because mm. you just you're kind of embarrassed by your past self to such a degree that it's enormously entertaining. Like it's as though previous Tony is embarrassing present Tony across the the waves of time or something. It's shocking because. Um, yeah, and then people take it really seriously. Like, I, I had so many people on Twitter going, I can't believe you only gave Blade Runner three stars. <laughs> they were, like, furious. And I'm going, well, I haven't watched Blade Runner for years, but you've got to understand, this is like the 18-year-old me. I mean, imagine being asked to to confront all of your opinions about everything that you had when you were 18. It's tr- it's really quite embarrassing. Oh, so yeah, for some of the interns, that's only two years ago. But <laughs> we've got some very young people in this office, Tony. It's very disconcerting. Mm. <laughs> but it was funny because I, I hadn't even looked at what the first film was. I went, okay, it starts in January 1980. What was the first film I saw? Was it was it you know Star Wars? Was it The Godfather? And no, it was Corvette Summer with Mark Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why Mark Hamill is only remembered as Luke Skywalker. Is yeah. that what you're telling me? Yeah. I, te- I will say Mark Hamill did something brilliant a couple of years ago. He played a vampire in uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Did you ever see that episode? In the American yeah. – I haven't seen the Amer- – I've seen the original movie, but yeah. I haven't seen the American version, which is I, what I presume It's really good. I put it off for ages because I went – The mo- part of what makes the movie so funny is that it's all set in Wellington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, so I didn't watch the American one. And then I just one day looked at the poster. I went, hang on a second. Matt Berry's one of them. (laughs) And it's got, they've got Matt Berry to play one of the vampires. And the the direction they've obviously given him is just play it exactly the same way you play Toast of London. So it's I'll definitely check it out. Have you seen more of Wellington Paranormal? I've only been to Wellington once, but the notion of Paranormal and Wellington being in the same sentence, I suspect is quite a funny concept. Mm. It, it really is, and if you're from New Zealand, that is a joke that never. I think they've done what three or four series, and it's still yet to wear out as welcome. That joke. <laughs> That's good stuff. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Chaser Report. Less news, less often. I've given you very little advice on how to win this award. Well, no, but it's advice. It's just not very actionable. So you've got to find an incredibly talented audio producer who you can somehow convince to spend an absolutely massive amount of time on a very labour-intensive podcast, which I really admire because most podcasts, including our own, are incredibly lazy. So mm. for you to find a way to make podcasting this production, production intensive as per your your radio work is pretty impressive, Tony. Well, it's just because I've got Matt Dower and there's just so much he can do. It's like working with Phil Spector. You're going, <laughs> there's so many things he can do, so many ideas he can do. Um, you know, we've got, in the one we're working on at the moment, we've got David Lynch, a popular character on the show, comes mm. back. And then I went, oh, what if we had David Lynch on the, like in Lost Highway, if we had him on the phone and in the studio at the same time? And Matt has just made that sound amazing. So, 
Yeah. Maybe just keep working out new ways to challenge you. I mean, that's, that's the fun, isn't it? The theatre of the mind is actually being able to come up with preposterous, impossible to film things. Yeah. I mean, he, we did a thing in the second year where I was strapped to a rotating platform having knives hurled at me and the platform comes off its axis and rolls out into traffic. And Matt spent like about a week building that. And I remember we had long discussions on the phone about when I'm rolling on the platform, is the perspective of the listener on the platform with me or in the street (laughs) hearing me go past? And we decided, okay, it should be a mixture of two so that I go round and round. So if you're listening in headphones, I go round and round in your head. I mean, that's the kind of nerdish discussions we spent so long having. One of the things, because we do sketches and we, we don't have that much uh, audio production that we're actually doing on, on the Chaser Report, and it, it sounds a lot like the, the way to get this award, unfortunately, is by quality of product. So, are we able to to steal Matt Dower? We've got we can <laughs> what we can do is we can trade you. We've got five and a half hardworking interns, one who doesn't do much. We can give you that, and they can do five hours of work of shoddy work, of right? shoddy work one month, <laughs> oh. and we can well, have the, Matt Dower every day. The irony for me is that Matt was poached by my former comedy husband, Mick Malloy. I know. So he sort of divides his time between myself and and Mick. And and Mick and I are having a show business feud that's been going on for about 16 years. So it's pretty funny that Matt (laughs) Matt is sort of – it's like he's cheating on me. Yeah, I I saw that. I saw in his Twitter bio, you know, Sizzletown and and Kennedy Malloy, as it then was, and – that's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, well, actually, um, I'm working for for Mick Malloy too now. They've just sent me a, a job interview, and I've I've signed up, so I'm a, I'm leaving soon too. Well, you've got about a week till the show's axe. is winding up, so I'm going. Okay, Matt. Now we can get back yeah. to rotating <laughs> nine platforms. You can make it in three dimensions. Well, there's spatial audio now. You can you can mm. muck around with. Um, no, look, we had. Um, I should I should mention in our. Own radio days at, at SCA, we had the amazing uh, Brendan Tacey who did incredible things. I mean, he's known as BT. You'd send him a, a shoddy script involving some absolutely ridiculous thing and 20 minutes later you'd get this absolutely lovingly compiled, you know, trip wow. into space or something and explosions. And I have no idea how he did it so quickly, but a good audio producer is is um, worth their weight in gold. And look, a few interns, what? you know keep going for 20 years or so you might we might you might get to that level <laughs> well i remember when we finished doing martin malloy i remember thinking oh everyone's going to do this kind of radio and there was very little of it because of course it takes so long it like you you know you especially in those days when the it was analog equipment you would spend three days building something that went a minute 50 wow. and which got played twice but i seem to remember that the very among the very few people who did that kind of we call them sketches, but I mean you know a sketch yeah. can be anything. Uh, was the the chaser did these fantastic parodies of commercial radio? Do you remember what were they called? Something FM. Oh, that was um that was actually Chris and Craig when they were doing uh, today today on Triple J. It was Coma FM. Yeah, they they were brilliant sketches. Yeah, they were good. And that well, was Chris, a really great production. Chris Taylor is a is a absolute master of sketch writing, the, the best mm. in the group. I don't think it's controversial to say. Although there are other good <laughs> sketch writers too, but um, no, and they had they had audio producers there on that drive program who um, put a lot of. I think they're only allowed to do one or two a, a week, but 
Um, no, they had their producer was very very skilled in those days, but it's hard to get that at the ABC to get anyone to produce a sketch. So, for what it's worth, commercial radio still does have that um, that budget and that and that capacity. But the great thing about podcasting, to sort of go back full circle, Tony, is no gatekeepers, right? I mean, that's. Mm. That we've, oh, we've, it's so enjoyable. Yeah. I remember the first year we would be doing stuff for Sizzletown and Matt and Matt or I would go, oh, are we going to get in trouble? For, and then we would stop and go, hang on, who are we going to get in trouble with? We, there's no boss. <laughs> we just were so not used to the idea of having someone upstairs telling us to make it shorter mm. or don't refer to that or, you know, I was – I mean, one of the reasons it's called Sizzletown is because when we started doing Get This, the very first thing we recorded, Matt and I, were these quite elaborate promos for the show that were trying to tell you that this was going to be a show that had a lot of, you know, bells and whistles audio-wise. And I remember we got – do you remember Dobbo? Oh, we worked a lot with Dobbo. Dobbo gave us our first job, uh, paying job ever in in his defence. But, yes, Dobbo – when I heard the name Sizzletown, I did immediately think Dobbo. What did he say? Dobbo, Dobbo uh, got back to us about those promos and he goes, yeah, guys, I'm not hearing enough sizzle. That was his note. And, and I had never heard that phrase before. So just to amuse ourselves, we added the sound of bacon frying under all the promos and just ran those. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was our idea of sizzle. So, yeah, so that... That's kind of weird. That's <laughs> part of the reason. And then I played Gary Sizzle for a few years, who was a sort <laughs> <That's> of. That's right. <laughs> who, was, who was often just spouting word for word things I'd heard Dobbo and, and, and members of the Dobbo gang say. I mean, the great thing is they actually, they actually enjoy any reference on air, in and on air <laughs> universe. But well, we ended up having quite a similar fate, Tony, in that our, our Triple M um, daytime radio show, which rated. Really, really well. Also got axed because it didn't make them any money. So, um, it is a very strange space. Uh, but look, podcasting—it's—it's it's greener pastures in terms of creative freedom. It's mm. not quite so green pastures in terms of money, but you know, it's a <laughs> no, good compromise to right. make, isn't it? And look, you're—I do love the relationship you have with the sponsors on on Sizzletown. Mm. In that there, mm. there's a genuine gratitude that doesn't come out in um, commercial radio often. I suspect. Mm. No, well, we go for. I know a lot of podcasts have. You know, the ads are just inserted mm. and have, and then they change. But we have what's called baked-in ads, so they're actually part of the show and Guilty. will be in the show forever. So we mm. try and make it because we have kind. Of, we're we're trying to maintain a weird atmosphere of a late-night talk show, so it, we just don't want it to be interrupted by. You know, hey, brain snapping bargains, JP, you've done it again. We don't want that to come bursting in. So, yeah, well, that would be we weird. We try and make the sponsor part of the show. Mm. But the great thing about it is, is you you've got such a loyal fan base, and they're clearly. I mean, that includes advertisers, and it's mm. it's funny because you you talk about you know the, the fans and the the sort of army of Sizzletown buffs out there, but that that's a genuine thing, and it was mm. it was with the late show, and it included everyone in the chaser, by the way. Mm. Um. Martin Malloy, yeah. get this, the get this army is you know ride for life Still, kind of people, yeah. and that's that's the great thing about about you know good comedy is that you get these amazingly loyal fans. It's mm. wonderful. Mm. Well, yeah, we we now do a thing where where if people donate money to the show, we Matt Dow will serenade them with a barrage of bizarre sounds, <laughs> which is <laughs> an amazing, amazing way to do it, by the way. <laughs> it's mm. amazing how many people are into that. Mm. But for the whole first year. What I always remember is the first year we didn't have any sponsor and we were just doing it for free. Mm. And 
I got asked to do, do you remember that TV show Pointless? Oh, yes. Uh, Mark oh. Humphreys is a very, very frequent guest on our show because Charles Firth gave him his first start in, um, in comedy way back in the day. Well, Mark is great, and if he had been doing the show then, I might have done it, but he wasn't going to be the host. It was actually a, a Sydney newsreader was oh. going to be the host. Okay. Pointless when they asked me to do it. And I, I got on, the, and they said, oh, you know, will you come up to Sydney? We'll fly you up to do it. And I said, well, how many episodes are you doing? They're going, we're going to do 250 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, how do you do that? And they're going, we're going to film five a day, three days a week. And I'm going, hang on, so you're going to film 15 episodes in three days every week for a year. And I just went, look, I don't have time to do that because I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> and they, I just heard laughter from the other end. They thought it was a joke. I went, no, 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 seriously, I have this podcast that's really elaborate. It takes about four days to do an episode. I, I wouldn't be able to do it. And I got off the phone, and I remember thinking, I, I, 250 episodes, even if they're only paying $1,000 an episode, and it would probably have been more than that, mm. that's a quarter of a million dollars. And I've said to my girlfriend, I'm going, I think I've just turned down a quarter of a million dollars <laughs> so I can keep making my podcast for free. Oh, so I think that makes Sizzletown literally the most expensive podcast of all time. <laughs> and it's you know what it sounds like it, Tony? It really does. <laughs> mm, no. Yeah. But it's amazing how much work I do turn down because I'm going, oh, but we're trying to have two David Lynch's on at once. It's quite <laughs> complicated. I mean, frankly, thank God you do. Mm. Um, mm. Because it wouldn't be so... I mean, special and hilariously labour-intensive. Because to me, this thing, having you know worked a little bit in this area, mm. I'm just hearing so much effort, and it's such a beautiful thing. Well, it's just very, it's very satisfying and enjoyable to do. And you must have found this. You've done things that in your career where you go, oh, no one else has done this. You know what I mean? They haven't done it quite this way. Mm. That's always very satisfying to go. Well, even if it's shit house, no one else is qu- not saying that you've done anything shit house. I'm talking about oh, my I show. Have, but yeah, no, I'm going, <laughs> you know, even if it's not quite working or people don't like it, you're going, well, but no one else is doing, doing it quite this way. And that's quite enjoyable. Mm, mm. It's, it's nice when you're creating something that is a unique, special product. And I think that's where the fans come from because if they're looking for that thing that is. Uh, unique and niche to them, and you're putting in passion and effort. They love that, and evidently, with the, the success that Sizzletown had with the the awards, it's creating a wonderful, wonderful product. And well north of a million downloads too. How many millions mm. is it now? Uh, we're heading. We're heading for two. I think we're at one point eight. We're <laughs> we're almost at two million. It's not Hamish and Andy level, but um, ah, that's still worth two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, we're forging on. Mm, mm. Hey, Tony, it's been it's been absolutely lovely um, catching well, up. Well, thanks for having me on, and and amazingly, very little of it was bitter old radio stories from me, which <laughs> you know I enjoy. We've done it offline previously, so um, yes, but no, anytime, anytime you want to vent, by all means, get in touch. But mm. um, no, Sizzletown is a, a beautiful thing, and may you may you be a purist who makes incredibly uh, expensive and opportunity denying projects like that. <laughs> For many years to come, Tony. Thanks, guys, and all the best at the awards. And I think you do stand a chance because Dan did win last year, so yeah. surely he's mm. not going to win again, no matter how good his show is. Well, having just praised your, um, having just praised your incredibly laborious 
you know, work of art podcast. We now put out 10 episodes a week of this thing. So <laughs> if, it's, if they're looking at quantity, we're in with a shot. Yeah, but it's still good quality. Like, that's almost more impressive to do that many and still have it be good. Oh, we, we do like a blather here. Um, thank you very much, yeah. Tony. Really appreciate it. Any, yeah. anything, any last thoughts, Lachlan? Yeah, Tony, I'm just wondering. We've got a, a few spare tickets because we booked too many for the podcast awards. Uh, I'm looking for a plus one. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to come along and just be extremely drunk and embarrassing, sort of Oliver Reed style. Just oh, yelling. wow. Abusive and cancel-worthy heckles from the back <laughs> row. You got to get on stage and get pun- uh, get a bit punchy. Glenn oh, Milstein. Oh, by the way, that's something else I remember. The distance, if you do get up to, to accept an award, the playoff music is not long enough to get you off the stage. So there's this horrible kind of Alan Partridge-style clumping of footsteps for the last 20 seconds of your exit. That's what I remember. Watch out for that. Well, there's something to aspire to on podcasting's Night of Nights. Yeah. Which is a yeah. in terms, I suspect. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Cheers. Tony. Have a good one. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Chaser Report. News you know you can't trust. And a big thanks to Tony for making himself available for that. Lachlan and I very, very much enjoyed that, and I hope you did too. Our gears from Road Microphones, and we're part of the ACAST Creator Network. Back with another morning edition tomorrow. Catch you then.